All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. Our special guest is Stephanie Massey. Stephanie goes by she and her and is a Canadian mom of two teens, a wife, a meditation lover, nervous system specialist, and a coffee enthusiast. She is a young breast cancer survivor and the daughter of a breast cancer survivor. Stephanie and her family know difficult times. Stephanie currently works in clinical practice at True Roots Healthcare in Ontario, Canada as a certified cannabis educator and patient care coach. She helps women who are struggling with breast cancer side effects, including anxiety, sleep, and pain. She is a medical cannabis patient and cancer patient advocate. In 2020, Stephanie co-founded a national nonprofit organization called Educanation, E-D-U-C-A-N-T. C-A-N-N-T-I-O-N, excuse me. This is a diverse group of certified cannabis educators who are raising the level of and standards of cannabis education in the country of Canada and abroad. Stephanie is the, also the co-host of a Tincture of Time podcast with her breastie, Stacey Bobick. This is a cannabis education podcast where we dive into this, where she and her, she and Stacey dive into, dive into the evidence and science that support cannabis as medicine. And she and Stacy share their personal journeys as young women going through the devastating disease of breast cancer. So from Ontario, Canada, Stephanie Massey, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. And uh, so I know we were, we were talking before we hit recording, you just got back from a, a trip to Costa Rica and you're having a good time. We were talking about that. You were, you were saying that you went up to the northwest side of the country and and stayed on some some casitas on the side of a volcano yes yes and it brought me full circle because when i was 16 i really was a tree hugger i i loved um the rainforest but it, and always wanted to see the rainforest and uh this opportunity came about and so we stayed halfway up a volcano and then hiked to the top and hung out in the canopies on the hanging bridges and it was unbelievable so it was uh volcano tenorio is where we were right it was, it was another world it was really honestly another world with very little wi-fi and uh, that in itself was interesting was that kind of nice or was it was it like a little was it a little nerve-wracking at first and then it got nice or was it nerve-wracking i don't know you know i don't because it, it was it was all of those. It's been a while since I've done something like that. Yeah. And I would highly recommend it. Um, it was a little nerve wracking the first couple of days. And then it was like, yeah, whatever. I, I only want my phone for pictures, right? Like that kind of thing. That's so nice. um, yeah. So we, we turned off all notifications and um, you know, we, we heard whispers of some issues, you know, like some storms uh, hitting Ontario, but uh, yeah. Other than that, it was so, so good to disconnect. And I felt my nervous system really, really change up in the, in the forest. Um, you know, I, I practice forest bathing and I really encourage people to get into the forest. And this was just a whole other level. Right on, right yeah. on. Okay. Stephanie. So of the, the, the material you sent to me, I did not read all of it because I think a lot of it, uh, the rest of what I did not read would be better said coming from you instead of me. So what we did cover is that you were a young breast cancer survivor and you're the daughter of a breast cancer survivor as well. And 
where do you want to start? Where do you want to start, Stephanie? Yeah. I mean, you can kind of pick it. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, and then even then it doesn't have to be anywhere. You just, you can just go. <laughs> yes. Um, let's start at my cancer diagnosis. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm 42 and uh, I had found a lump and I didn't panic. And I, then I was like, okay, I have to get this um, looked at. And this was a lump that I found myself. And of course, since my mom was five years ahead of me, I was keenly aware all the women in our family were um, for our self exam. And I do actually really advocate for that. And I advocate for us having open conversations with our doctors. Um, and so, yeah, five years exactly to the month after my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah, I know. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, we had very similar cancers, uh, but she was postmenopausal. I was premenopausal, and mine was uh, a more aggressive cancer, which often we see in younger women who okay. have breast cancer. Hmm. Yeah. So and that was five years ago. That was, that was five years from the date that your mother was diagnosed. How long yes. ago from from now? How many years back was that? So I'm. I'm almost at five years. So this right. February, 2022 will be five years. And that is like, you know, that's where my focus has been is like, let's get to the five years. Let's get to the five years. Cause there is evidence that if you get to the five years um, without it reoccurring, um, you just have that much better chance at longer survival. Um, right. And so, yeah, so that's where I, you know, was focused, but you know, when I was diagnosed, um, it was literally well, my doctor cried when she, when she told me, and I just, I just looked at my husband and I looked at her and I said, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing right now. We're going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. And I don't know how I knew, but I knew. And, um, and then came all of the treatments. So it was surgery and it was fast um, within a couple of weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Surgery. And, yes. And testing and then um, chemotherapy and then radiation therapy. Um, and then there's a drug therapy for a long time, which I haven't handled very well. So I'm not currently on that. Um, and then there was the whole breast reconstruction um, <laughs> surgery. So there was a lot, it was a very long journey and I'm still really feeling it, I would say. Um, I will, you know, I am a patient still. Um, they, they, they watch us, our oncologists watch us for seven and a half years now. So, uh, it, you know, it used to be two years or three years or, and now it's, it's longer. So we have much um, better care in the long term, but it means you're a patient for seven and a half years. And you're actually, so I was thinking about, it, I was like, you're actually on a 10 year journey because you did it the first five with your mother. And then the next five is with you. So it's really like a, that's, it's a long time. Yeah. Well, we've, we've almost been in cancer care um, for 10 years and I was her primary advocate. I went to every um, appointment. Um, I didn't take her to every treatment, but uh, I was certainly involved in a lot of it. I lived the closest and, and had the ability to do that. Um, but my siblings and all of her siblings, everyone, you know, pitched in, I saw this community support with her. And then, um, 
you know, when I was diagnosed, the exact same thing happened, right? This massive amount of, you know, community support. And I was, I was very, very well cared for. Um, I, I wanted my mom's doctors because they were fabulous. And um, I was lucky enough to, to have them. So I've known my oncologist for almost 10 years. And I feel as though that really matters. Um, Absolutely, and, yeah. You know, and you have a special relationship with that person if you can. And unfortunately, I hear a lot of stories where there isn't always that positive relationship with their doctors. And one of the big intersections is cannabis, actually. Okay. Um, and and we don't all have oncologists who will who will be okay with us consuming. It has gotten. Um, better, I would say. Um, so let's say in, in February 2017, I met um, my chemo nurse, and about three years later, so that's about two years after legalization in Canada, I was in there and I said to her, I said, she, she's going through my list of meds. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. She's like, wow. I said, yeah. And it's cannabis that's helping me. So she was going through a list of meds and you're saying, I'm not. And I'm saying not. Yeah. Like there's a list of them. Honestly, there, I, it was a handful of pills, Mm. um, after treatment. Yeah. So she, I said to her, I said, I don't know where you stand on, on cannabis and, you know, health and it helping. So, but that's, that's what I've been doing. And that's now what I do for a living is help others like me find a way to incorporate this into their, their wellness plan. And she said, three years ago, I would have brushed you off. But now I said, I'm listening and I have no issues with it because it's helping people. And I thought, okay, there's the shift. Yeah, right? That's nice. That's cool. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I was wondering, I was, I figured you're going to tell me, but I was like, Oh, I hope it go to, I hope it went in the right direction. <laughs> that's encouraging that's good so luckily for me though it did and it but it doesn't always right it doesn't always and so that's why I advocate and that's why I talk to as many you know healthcare uh workers as possible and and often they believe it's it's easier to hear a story that worked for someone right and that was positive and and all of that kind of stuff instead of um you know, maybe the, the stigma that still is with us, I find it softens when I say I have peripheral neuropathy and it's quite severe and cannabis helps that tremendously. The amount of meds I might've had to be on with, with treating side effects is much more, right? So when, and they know our medical teams know that peripheral neuropathy is hard to treat. So if you're getting relief, yeah, they're happy for you. Right. But so, we still have to be aware of the stigma and the bias. So neuropathy, mm-hmm. how is that helping you with your neuropathy? So what happened in treatment for me, and this happened in chemotherapy actually. Um, and it's, I would not have gotten to cannabis. So actually let me, let me go back a little bit. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set the stage here. And I apologize because um, I just left it wide open. So that's, about, yeah, no, that's, the thing. that's the cool thing about doing this podcast is that it's not a public, it's not a, it's not a uh, polished thing. We can do this and it's cool. <laughs> exactly. And, and luckily I have some podcast experience. So, oh yeah, that's um, right. I forgot. You right? know, I didn't it's, know that until you sent me your, until I, until I just read it. I was like, oh, that's okay. Cool. So yeah, I apologize. Yeah. No, I apologize. that's okay. That. That, no, it's great. So 
really, you know, I was diagnosed with cancer and I knew that um, cannabis could be helpful. You know, I had read and known about it specifically helping cancer patients and AIDS patients with the nausea, the chemo induced nausea. And, um, and I thought about it throughout my mom's treatment, but again, you know, she was that much older than me with, with more stigma and bias. And I do feel like if you, you can't force someone to, to take on a, you know, something like that, where they've had years and years of, you know, the war on drugs ingrained in their brains. So she wasn't ready for it. Um, I was forced into it. I was forced to it. So what happened is I started chemotherapy and I needed to do eight rounds of chemo. And by the fourth round, I was losing feeling in my, in my hands and my feet, like specifically the palms and the tip of my tongue was numb. Yeah. Because it kills the nerves. So it starts at the outside, the peripheral nerves, and it starts to kill them all the way down. And this is where you have permanent damage. So when I got to treatment for, um, you know, she was very concerned and it, it totally slipped out. This could have been missed so easily by a doctor who didn't listen. But I said to her, I said, it's really weird. You know, I go to empty the dishwasher and I pick up the silverware and they literally just fall through my hands back into the dishwasher. And I said, and this happens so many times. It's weird. And she's like, oh, okay. That's, that's a red flag. So we had to stop chemo. Um, I could not complete all eight rounds, which is also terrifying, right? Because you think, shoot, these are supposed to be, this is protocol. This is what's going to get me cancer free. Yeah. And I can't do half of it. Oh, like, what are we going to do? And um, she did say that if, if I carried on with chemo, if I tried to brave it out, I may never walk or drive. And that just was never an option for me. Um, The moment I I was diagnosed quality of life was on my radar because truly we, we know we don't live forever, but living well matters no matter how long you're here. So, you know, quality of life was top of mind for me. I I made everyone around me clear on that, that I make, I may make decisions that others are not okay with, but it's because I want that continued quality of life. Um, you know, my kids were 13 and 15 when I was diagnosed, right? I wanted them to see that, sorry, I'm going to get teary. That's all right. <laughs> I wanted them to see that, that hard, hard challenges can be faced and we can get through them. And it's how we get through them that matters. That is what truly, truly matters. So now I'm left with not finishing chemotherapy well, what is this going to look like? Right. And I did my, my own, um, digging and studying and my oncologist and I came to the same conclusion, which was let's remove the ovaries. We remove the ovaries. We have no estrogen to fuel any possible lingering cancer cells. Okay. Great idea. Easy peasy surgery. I wake up from that surgery in complete hell. I'm, I'm in hot flash zone because what happens is you go into surgical menopause, they call it. So Mm. it's not this gentle, not that menopause is gentle. I do not mean to say that, but it's not this, this progression of it over 10 years that most women have naturally. Um, It is instant. And what comes along with it is um, joint pain, sometimes um, brain fog, 
like it's it's intense it's like it's like worse than pms in my opinion and i had some pretty bad pms um so that left me like six weeks after that surgery i went I was visit. I was seeing my oncologist and I, I was a mess, like crying. I had never been so low, like never. My mood were, was off. Were they missing? Were they, were they adjusting the levels of, of, um, hormone treatment or anything? They weren't adjusting no. it at all. No, you can't. Right. Because if we, if we give me estrogen that could further fuel the cells. Right. So, um, and they you had to they, live. So, so you had to live like that for how long? Uh, a long time. Um, it's still pretty bad, I would say. And it's, I'm almost by, uh, probably four years out from that surgery. Um, yeah, so it was, it was bad. So I was in her office. I was crying. Oh my God. Like, what can she do for hot flashes? There is no medical thing that you can do for hot flashes. So she, we both sort of agreed, let's try CBD. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Okay. And she said, and also Let's get your mom on it. Perfect. So she got us our first prescription. How amazing is that? That our own doctor that we trust and love and who has cared for us so well, you know, gave us the confidence to try something that, by the way, I had never tried cannabis until I was 42 and I smoked a joint with cancer. So, right? Like my world was blown wide open with cancer. I didn't. I bought into the war on drugs hook, line and sinker as a kid and as an adult and wanting to protect my children from it, even though it was a plant and I know plants, I understand how valuable plants are. I use many of them in my life. And it, that, that was, that was like a turning point, right? If I hadn't had her confidence in me trying this, I may never have found cannabis and it has completely changed my life in so many ways. Um, so we got started on the journey with CBD and it was hard. Um, I went to every pharmacist in my local area mm-hmm. and said, is there any drug, drug interaction with CBD oil and, and this um, drug I'm taking to prevent reoccurrence? And no one would answer my questions. I'm sorry, I, I can't talk about that. I don't know anything. I don't know. I'm like, who do I call? Who can I ask, right? And it took a lot of work. So my story is that it took like 18 months and thousands of dollars before I actually found that I could rely on it as a medicine to treat some of the symptoms, some of the things I was going through. So, that, so that's when you... So I'm thinking that you did that with every prescription you had, right? Yeah. That's pretty rigorous. Yeah. That's, rigorous. That's a lot of rigorous, but I understand the intensity and why you would do it. Did So was the reason why you couldn't get an answer because the research hadn't been done or because they just didn't have the research? They didn't, they were just, so it's been, it had been, so really the drug interaction with CBD, the research had been done. Well, for what you were taking and for what you were not, yeah, not specifically for, for this drug. It it was almost like it was just emerging, um, that there were certain drugs and, and let me, let me bracket this by saying breast cancer is a beast of a disease. There are many types of breast cancer. Yeah. So some are, are much more difficult to treat, you know, others, uh, we tend to have good success with 
some you have to be very careful with your THC um, ingestion and how much you're taking and others THC doesn't bother and, and can be helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, in my case, CBD is, is really my best friend, um, because I have this, uh, estrogen rich and driven, um, cancer cell. Right. Yeah. So, so anyways, nobody could tell me. And then the more digging I did, I found a Facebook group, um, called she can in Canada and it's Canadian women who talk all about, you know, medical cannabis and their own experiences. And finally I got just a little sliver that I may have a drug drug interaction. And so you want CBD to help you treat what you're going through with surgical menopause. And yet you need to be careful because you don't want to affect the effectiveness of the pharmaceutical that's supposed to be preventing reoccurrence. And no one told me that like, no one, I could not find an expert, uh, a pharmacist, um, to, to talk to me about it. I still can't actually, there's still very, very few people who, who understand this, level of interaction with this particular drug and that there is so much education just in the breast cancer world in regards to where THC or CBD could interact with your medications. And, and what happens is it just makes the medication less effective. Uh -huh. You don't want that. You want the medication to be effective, right? Well, this is, this is something that's interesting about, and I'm, and I'm, and this is something that, that I would be really curious to see if there's any research that's already been done on it or if uh, anybody's planning to do it, but could it be that the effectiveness that the drugs are having is lessening because of the, the cannabis, whether it's CBD or THC, whatever form it is, because the body doesn't need it. And it's, is that, is that, is that, I mean, you know what no. I'm saying? Cause it's kind of like, it could it be possibly that, well, that the human body is very complex and, it, and it's saying, Hey, I'm making this drug less effective because this is what you need. In other words, the body is telling itself, our own body is, is telling itself, stop taking that and take more of this. And I'm so, not saying that I'm not, I'm not making any diagnosis. I'm just saying, cause we can do that with vitamins, right? I do that with caffeine. I do that with vitamins. I do. It's kind of like, yeah, there's something that my body wants right now. So I'm going to, consume it because my and then there's something like like i haven't i've i've come off caffeine for a little bit i know you're a coffee enthusiast so i do apologize Stephanie. it's okay <laughs> but when i came off caffeine i really didn't want to but i was like my i i the 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 signals were there in my own body saying stop doing that you can keep doing it and you're going to get more of this or you can stop and see what happens and and that's the kind of concept that i'm going at with this because i don't think that you know, there are so many medications out there. And, and my mother's a retired RN, my retired, retired uh, registered nurse. And uh, she's got a lot of pain from severe back surgeries. And, uh, you know, I just don't think that all these companies and medical professionals are really doing the rigor that you're doing for drugs, just within drug, just within the pharmacopoeia of it, not even with cannabis, just within itself, within the synthetic world. I think that that comparison is actually, I think the rigor that should be done there is, is probably not done there the way it should be. And that's why when you said you did it all on your own, I'm like, that's a pretty big endeavor. And you're going after research that a lot of people probably like, some of them are consciously avoiding on purpose because they don't want to deal with the positive attributes of that plant. Absolutely. I, I totally hear what you're saying because I would say my, you know, you're very tuned into your body. 
Um, you, you are a listener of your body. So am I. So I totally see where you're coming from there. And yes, I do believe, you know, in my experience, um, I do believe that I'm having more benefit with the cannabis than I had with, um, the drug that, uh, I, I wasn't tolerating it. And so I did have to stop taking it. And it's the one that I should be taking for five years for prevention. Now I'm using CBD along with many other things for prevention, like yoga, meditation, you know, osteopathic treatment, naturopathic treatment. I have a naturopath and I have a naturopathic oncologist. I pay attention to my sleep. I meditate. I move my body, right? I forest bathe. So I can't say that it's going to be one thing that saves my life. Yeah. And that's the, that's where I came from, right? Is I, I put this whole, this whole team in place, this whole ecosystem really in place to save my life, literally. But the, the drug thing is interesting. Yes, I did, had to do such a deep dive because I also have to believe in what I'm taking, right? I don't, I don't love to take you know, tw- a handful of, of drugs. That's not my ideal life, but I did for a little while, right? And then I was able to, to find a way off of them with cannabis. Um, I think there is some evidence in regards to being careful in regards to drug drug interaction with cannabis and breast cancer, um, where we do know more and more every day. Honestly, it's just like the whole industry across the board. We know more every day. The big thing here is that what happened with this drug and the CBD is they are both processed in the liver. And so there is an interaction there in, in the liver. Right. And then that um, lowers the effectiveness of the pharmaceutical and why take the pharmaceutical if you can't get the full benefit of it. Right. So, you know, that's where I was at is this place where who can help me with this stuff? Like I am a citizen scientist here and trying to save my own life and I need some help. And this is where, honestly, I had so much help from all the practitioners that were treating me including my own oncologist who encouraged me to go further and start helping others. Um, my naturopathic doctors, my naturopathic oncologist, they are all supporters of, and my medical oncologist of what I do to help patients with cannabis as a, as a real therapeutic tool um, in their toolbox of wellness. That's cool, Stephanie. That is really cool. I, I'm glad to hear you say it the way you said it. That is cool. That is really cool. I mean, that's because that's the way I view it too. It's, it's, uh, it can be something that really impacts your quality of life. And, and I'm big on and the quality. You really, you really said it well when you're like, I am. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, I'm trying to remember how you said it, but you, you keyed in on quality of life. Oh, it was when you were, when you had your diagnosis and you're like, I do not want a poor quality of life while I'm going through this. And I say that because I think sometimes quality of life sounds like a nice to have. And I'm like, no, everybody wants a good quality of life. And how that's defined, you know, that's going to be subjective, you know, but, but when I'm thinking of quality of life, I'm thinking of like what you're talking about, like aches and pains, because they translate into attitudes and behaviors and crankiness and all that stuff, they translate into that. And it, 
it, it can make a person miserable, which can certainly make the people around them miserable. It has a reaching effect in the wrong direction if it's not taken care of. And that's why I am big on that because as my mother ages, I get it. And as, as we all mature in this life, we all change and we almost sometimes kind of delude ourselves like thinking, yep, I'm fine. Yep. Yep. There's just a little bit of a hitch in this get along. And, and this is kind of like, no, there's something you should probably look at a little deeper, maybe. And I'm not saying like get nervous. I'm just saying, look at something a little deeper. And then uh, it was just cool to hear you say that. That's a cool story, Stephanie. That's a cool story. All right. Now you said uh, yoga and I know, you, I know you are, certify you have some certifications in that world of work so you incorporated cannabis first time you'd used it was when you were 42 years old you believed the propaganda about the war on drugs and was yoga new to you then or you was it just as was it you had been doing yoga for a while or was it was it like cannabis you you No, um, it wasn't like cannabis Um, yoga. You know, I think I probably took my first yoga class when I was 18. You know, by the time I was 19, I remember my sister even reminds me that I said to her someday, I'm going to be a teacher. Right. And, and as I had my children and I, life is so busy, you put everything into them and, and the nurturing and the caregiving. And um, I thought, okay, I'll do that in retirement. That will be my retirement thing. And I'll enjoy that. That'll give me a little bit of social and, you know, um, I can teach seniors because I'll be a senior, you know, all of that. And then, you know, you get a life-threatening diagnosis and you say to yourself, I am not waiting for those things anymore. They need to be the priority. And so like it was, it was so, only a few months after diagnosis that um, my sister and I decided to go to, we, I did, we didn't know what my chemo plan was totally going to be like. So we, we semi booked this yoga retreat and I would not have been able to go to it. Had my chemo been pushed out to the eight treatments. Um, we didn't know it at the time. Right. So then again, it's this whole thing that we had to stop treatment and all these other, they could have been catastrophes happened yet. They, that brought me to cannabis and that brought me to yoga right? So it's just, it's, it's this divine intervention that I really, truly believe in. And, um, but anyway, so what happened was, um, you know, I have no hair. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bloated from chemo. I'm, I'm pretty tired, but I'm going to this yoga retreat in Sweden. I'm just, I'm doing it. So, so we, we got there and, and landed and it was just a whirlwind. I, got off the plane, got, you know, into a car, didn't know anyone. I don't know the language, got to the spot. Everyone was already in the studio. They were already starting. Um, and I had to like tiptoe up the stairs and sit down in this group of women. And we were there to raise money for women in the Congo, actually. Okay. So this retreat was, um, you know, to support a hospital that treats women who are um, you know, uh, vi- usually violently raped and, and it, this doctor's life is in danger all the time. Um, and, and what he does is he literally, um, builds women's lives back together and helps them recover. Um, and so we raised, uh, money 
for that. So it felt really, it felt really neat to be there, you know, bald head. You cannot um, get away with people asking, how are you? <laughs> because you literally, I literally was four weeks, from, six weeks from my last chemo treatment. So there was no hiding the cancer, right? Um, and I just showed up raw and, and just was like, you know, with my sister and we were like, yes, let's do this. And after the first class, like I was still in my jeans from the airplane. I just practiced anyways, who cares, you know, and I'm laying in Shavasana at the end of that practice. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going home and signing up for yoga teacher training. This, this is what I'm doing. This is it. And, and from that moment on my lens of the, like my worldview lens changed and it, it all changed from the lens of, um, of yoga, right? And so then every, everything I moved, and I knew I was moving through treatment already. I knew I was moving through this diagnosis with yoga, um, the philosophy behind me. I just didn't know what to call it until um, I dove into um, the philosophy and the, the teachings and the scriptures and all of that. So, um, and then, yeah, I came, I came back from that trip and practiced and practiced and got strong. And um, then I talked to uh, the um, woman who I took teacher training from and, uh, and explained my situation. And I said, I may not be able to do like a super intense 90 minute, you know, I've got lymphedema in one arm. I need to, I need to be very careful physically and she was like, yeah, that's okay. You do you. And um, I ended up actually being able to teach my fellow students what it feels like to be someone who cannot do, who, who you know, I don't want to say my physical ability is limited, but I don't need to push it anymore. I can find yoga um, sitting right here with you. When you say right? push it, when you, you're talking like physical, physical limits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I decided to take a, an ashtanga. Um, yoga teacher training and Ashtanga is the 90 minute, like very, very um, active practice. It ignites fire. Right. And what I was struggling with was exhaustion while going through this, this um, disease and yeah. treatment. And so, you know, there's a, there was a yin and a yang there that I had to be very careful that I didn't overdo myself. Right. Physically. And, um, and in fact, you know, in amongst my yoga teacher training, I fit my breast reconstruction surgery. And I said to them on that certain date, I'm probably not going to be able to practice at all because I wasn't allowed to lift my arms above my sh shoulders for six weeks. And, um, and I literally did the whole day, every single practice, just in meditative seat. And my mind, I went along with what she was saying. So you know, in my mind's eye, I was physically doing yoga, yet I was seated where my body needed to be, right? So, you know, this is what yoga allows you to do, is these kinds of amazing things. And amongst your, your turmoil and your devastation, you know, you can also find that peace and well-being and joy. That's cool, Stephanie. That's cool. So you, you, are what you said like how many weeks you're 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 not far from your last chemotherapy session you do the retreat you come back and and you, you immerse yourself in the training and 
what did you do with it from there? So then I went on to, um, to start teaching. Okay. And I, I specialize in um, the kind of yoga that, that uh, really suited me while I was healing and while I continue to heal. And it's restorative yoga and yoga nidra. So yoga nidra translates to yogic sleep. And it's a type of practice where you, um, you really embody and you, um, you notice sensations in the body and you go into deeper brainwave states. And the deeper brainwave state you go into, that's where you heal from. That's where your cells are actually healing, right? And so I decided to immerse myself in, in learning about the nervous system, how the nervous system connects to a restorative practice. There's breath work that we do that actually signals the body to go from our fight, flight, freeze into our rest and digest nervous system. And so we have these long held poses while we really, really decompress deeply. And one practice a week, my students are telling me um, they sleep better all week. So this practice is about restoring and resting. And I think we go so fast in our world, um, right? Even me, like on the daily, you would not think I was a yoga and meditation teacher because it's chaos in my house, right? Um, <laughs> like it, teenagers, you got two teenagers, yes, right? Yes, like that, it is that, in yours, I'm sure. That, you know? Yeah, we've got three and, and they're not teenagers, but yeah, you know, you can go from like, you can go from, you can go from, um, uh, a happy, joyous moment to a fight. <laughs> yeah, I know, in seconds. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, what in the world are it you guys happened. fighting about? <laughs> that plastic little thing? You're fighting yeah. about that plastic, little piece of plastic, really? Yeah, so, exactly. Well, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying when you say like the home life and all that. Now, but does it really, I mean, I get, if you, if you can reach those deep pieces, those deep places and, 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 uh, and have the reaction that you're talking about is the expectation that the rest of the life will really be like that though. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, we, we can hit those places, but I think it's a false expectation to think that we, because we hit those places, now everything else is like fixed. Right. And, and I don't, and I don't mean it like that. And I don't think you mean it that way either, but I think, I think when a lot of people try things, there a lot of people are looking for silver bullets because a lot of people want answers. You know, people are looking for, for relief. They're looking for improvement. They, they want something. That's why a lot of people are, there's so much free content out there right now. I mean, all these podcasts that people are doing, they're free. And the platform say, yeah, we'll put them up there because we want free content. There's so much of this information out there right now. And that's why I ask because I think sometimes, um, well, not sometimes. I think a lot of the time, many of us have a a uh, attention deficit disorder when it comes to manifesting something that we want in our life. We just don't want to wait very long for it. So that's why I was bringing that up because I th- I think what you're saying is is definitely important, and people need to do it because they do need to get into themselves and they need to, to get in, not into themselves. I see, I don't want to say, I don't want to say. <laughs> that's a funny thing saying that. Cause when I'm not talking about social media stuff, I'm talking about introspection and, and kind of trying to figure out why we do some of the things we do in this life. 
and that's the part that that is really interesting. And at the same time, I do think that it can help us. It can better. Like what you said, it you said it great with the uh, with the cannabis. It's like it's something you can add to to help with, and it doesn't cost you anything but time and some concentration and some peace. That's what it costs you. So that's why I brought that up because my house can be crazy too. The kids can get nuts and. And then things just happen, right? You just, just kind of like all of a sudden you find yourself overreacting and you're like, why am I overreacting to that? You know, it, yeah. it's a, it's a, and it's a wild life. It is. And the one thing we can count on is that there will be hardship, right? Yeah. There there's going to, there's going to be challenges for sure. Yeah. And it's how we get through those challenges, you know, that, that matters. That's the journey that, you know, that's the journey that we, we call it's not, it's not the goal at the end. It's the journey of it, right? Um, which is really, it's really neat. So you've incorporated this into your, your, your care practice. And you've certified in the cannabis and in yoga. And how, how, how's the, what's, what's, what's like, what's work life for you on a daily basis? You know what I mean? You're working in work, this world, yep. right? I mean, that's something Work that not life. a lot of people, a lot of people would like to understand, I think. Um, but not a lot of people know people like you. Yes, thank you. Um, that's that's true. I do feel, uh, well, you know, the cannabis industry is just, it's booming. And it's it's still trailblazing. It's still trying to figure itself out in this country, you know. And even um, in Canada, and it's been legal for five years going on six, right? Um, legal for three. Legal for, um, so I thought it was 16. Was 16 medical? Um, nope. There was a change in one of our, our uh, laws, I think, around the 20, 2016. But what happened is um, we actually had medical in 2001, thanks okay. to um, Terrence Parker and his case. So he was an epileptic man who um, could control his seizures with cannabis and was imprisoned, right? And so he actually, you know, paved the way for all of us patients. And we're very thankful for all of the trailblazers blazers in medical, right? Who, who got us to where we are today. It was, so that's, that's 20 years in Canada that we've had a medical cannabis system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. Yeah. And three years legal. So it's, it's, you know, it's booming. The industry is booming. It's still trailblazing. I'm trailblazing. So, you know, daily, I, I'm the executive director, one of them, of Education. We're a nonprofit organization and we support people like ourselves who are cannabis educators and we fill gaps, right? Yeah. So my own oncologist will send people my way. My naturopath will send people my way. Naturopaths in Canada are not allowed to teach, prescribe, dose, um, talk about cannabis as a therapeutic tool, which is very strange. It's yeah. a plant, right? But they are not, their college is not, you know, doesn't support that. I'm hoping. Oh, so it's an institutional, it's an institution's decision, not, not a federal yes. mandate that says this, this type of doctor cannot. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's the colleges who will mandate that. Right. And okay. it'll be the, the top of their province, like the, the, you know, medical association of Canada, that kind of thing. They'll, they'll make those decisions. So you know, I'm hoping that that as we're legal now, that some of the colleges will, will start to eliminate these boundaries for people so we can all start talking about it. But what I'm seeing is this massive intersection of cannabis at cannabis into all industry, right? All areas of life now because it's legal across the country. 
um, for 19 plus, or depending on you know where you live, might be 21. But what we're seeing is it's in it's we're crossing over in every industry. So okay. I, I it's like a, an educators cannabis educators association, and what we do is we we help each other. Most of us are entrepreneurs. And, um, and so we're, we're a support group for each other. What half the reason it started is because I lost a patient actually, who, you know, she was a breast cancer patient and it really hit me hard. And, um, my colleague, Stacy, who's also my co-host on a tincture of time podcast, you know, I met her at a breast cancer retreat. Cancer care has created this amazing community support network. And I thought to myself, why can't cannabis have this too? Right. And I said to Stacy, I'm like, where do we go doing this work? Who do I turn to, to say, I just lost a patient and that sucked. That was awful. I, I, there's no water cooler for us to chit chat around and to, and to say, Hey, I've got a, I've got someone with Parkinson's. Do you think you could help them? Or, you know, that kind of thing. So we've created this little it's actually not that little, this, this support group, right? Education. So I'm one of the ex- executive directors. So that's, I spend a lot of time doing that. Currently it's volunteer, but we are applying for grants and trying to, you know, get some momentum there. I, I also teach yoga and meditation several times a week. I teach private meditation. Um, most of those people are breast cancer patients. And sometimes it's morning, the morning of chemo that, you know, we're on the phone and I'm, I'm, I'm teaching them a, a meditation that will help really ground them and allow them to ex- accept the experience coming their way in regards to the medicine, you know? Um, and so then um, the other, you know, the other parts of my job is that I do work clinically with patients out of a naturopathic clinic because the naturopaths can't help their patients with cannabis. Yeah. And they have many patients yeah. who are consuming cannabis. That, that doesn't make sense to me. Right? I fill that gap. Right. And so um, I see what I see a lot of is sleep, anxiety, and pain. And those all relate to my breast cancer ladies as well. So that, that's sort of where I focus on, on helping them. And when you come to me, most people who come to me, I have to say, are brand new like I was, because you often attract, you know, where where you are at as well. Wait, what did you say? They're what like you were? Brand new, brand okay, new gotcha. to cannabis, right. right? So I have lots of seniors who are brand new and women like and myself. You're saying brand new to cannabis. Yes, to cannabis, okay. brand new to cannabis. Um, and so, you know, I work one-on-one with them. There's a deep education and then we come together with our plan. I help the person find somewhere to get their prescription. We have a pharmacist double check our drug drug interaction because I know how important that is. See, that's, and that's, so you, you're applying that to all your patients too. All my right? patients, all that's of them, good. because, you know, being, being educated on your own condition and what's going on in your body is key. And when we go to cannabis, we know that we all have an endocannabinoid system. We know that every one of our systems is different. You're going to react differently than I am going to react with the exact same product, possibly. So, so I have to teach my patients to track and notice themselves and no one in medical does that, right? There's no medical care out there that says you need to really just notice how you're feeling. No, it's like, here, take the pill. You know, if you get some side effects, take a Tylenol, right? 
So, you know, with cannabis, yeah. So with cannabis, we are, you know, we are teaching our clients and our patients to also notice themselves, notice your sleep, notice your energy during the day, you know, notice all these tiny little things going on. And then that gives you some clues on, you know, where the medicine is working for you and, and how we might be able to get it to work optimally. Again, we're going for optimal when we're working with cannabis, not just fine. You know, I have a, a, a mentor, a doctor, Dr. Megan Walker, who um, she says, fine is not okay. And I completely agree. It's this quality of life that is beyond being fine, right? You know, I agree, I, 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 I agree with you. And, and here's, because I've also thought about this. Why? Because when you said fine is not okay, when that, I was like, yeah, some people say, how are you feeling? I'm fine. You know, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a medical appointment, a visit, right? And I'm, so I'm not talking about just in passing. I'm, I'm talking about like a medical appointment. And uh, I understand what your, your doctor mentor was saying, because it's like, that is, there's something about it. There's something strange about also making a laundry list of all the aches and pains and ailments. There's something that our mouth doesn't, sometimes some people will do it and they just can't stop talking about their aches and pains and ailments, right? It's all they focus on. And that's not good either, right? That's not what you want to do. And then at the same time, you people can feel something going on in their body, but they're like, look, I'm trusting that this is going to take care of it. It's going to sort itself out somehow away. I don't want to be talking about it. So they don't. And then the word fine comes out. And that's also dangerous too, because somebody could say they're suffering from some type of symptom of something. And then just like what you experienced with the dishes and chemotherapy, when they said, Hey, that's a red flag. Somebody could say, Hey, that's a red flag for that. Let's get this. And then so, so it's a dangerous thing. It's a funny thing being in this life where it's like, yeah, you need to be taken care of, but you don't want to, you, you don't find any joy or happiness in going over a laundry list of aches and pains because it's a laundry list of aches and pains. You know what I mean? So that's an important thing to key in on because I think a lot of people, especially um, seniors. Yeah. Yeah. I see seniors walking and there's so many of them look like they're in pain, just walking. Right. And I'm like, wow. That that actually looks like they're that's hurt that hurts. So and and I'm thinking of my mother as well. But I, I'm I live in Florida, so I see a lot of seniors. A lot of people come down yeah. here because of the warm weather. So people come down here to escape pain. Literally, I mean that is it. The pain of winter and the aches and pains. That's why they come down. It's all about pain and pain management. Yeah. And that's what's cool about what you're doing. I think. Yeah, and in Florida, there you have a an excellent medical. Um, system. Uh, I've heard some really good things about um, uh, working with the doctors down there to get your medical um, cannabis prescription. And uh, listen to a webinar, actually, um, a couple of docs were, were really talking about cannabis and breast cancer. And I was really happy to hear that. Um, so I think you guys are, are doing some good things down there. I like Florida because of that. It is, it is, it is, it is a it's got a culture that that points to 
health more than not, right? I mean, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the party lifestyle. I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying the overall, well, like when you go into it, when you, we live in the Tampa Bay area, you go, you go to an area, it's kind of like, wow, there's, there's a lot of medical stuff here. And there's a lot of stuff that some of it's kind of cutting edge and it's pretty cool. I, I do, yeah. I do like living here a lot. I do. It's, it's, we love it. <laughs> yeah. But I was born and raised in Michigan. So I'm not too, I wasn't too far from oh, Canada. Oh yeah. So you're, no, you weren't, you know what it's like up here. I do. I do. I don't know what the, I don't know if the sun comes out where you're at right now, but where I grew up, the sun, like the winter time, it was just gray. gray. And it was just, that's what got to me. If it were, I'm in sun and sun and snow, I can do that. That's, that's cool. So there's some sun that helps out a lot. Yeah. But when you bring in those short days and then you bring in clouds yeah, and bring in months and months on top of it, I was like, thank you. I'm, I'm good. So I hope it's, I don't know. We're, 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 What's it like over there where you're at? And that, that was well, because, go ahead. It's it's sunny today um, and it's about maybe four or five degrees or it was last night. Um, so it's not too, too bad. Um, but we did have some windstorms last week. Um, and I'm sort of surprised we don't have snow yet for Christmas, but we have had snow. It's just that it's all gone right now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. So I'm hoping get snow for Christmas. I'm really okay living here when we have a nice deep snow that insulates. It's the slush and the and the the sideways rainy snow and the and the gray you know skies and the mud that <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm when are like, you gonna move to Florida Stephanie? Yeah, I don't know. Hey listen gonna... <laughs> I might I might move to Costa Rica before I move anywhere else. Oh that's true too that'd be cool too that'd be very cool. Yeah that'd be cool. Yeah 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 all right so this podcast. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, my colleague Stacy and I met at a breast cancer retreat. What was really cool about that retreat is that when you sat down to a meal or you joined a group program or you sat down to make some jewelry, um, we all had the same story. You didn't have to start at the beginning with every person. Yeah. They, you know, we all were there on the journey of of this disease you're and familiar, i remember getting... you're familiar with what's going on and that, yes. that's see now that's that in itself is healing it is and it's it's like it's communicating without communicating exactly right? and that and Powerful that's, stuff. some people would call it camaraderie some people would call it a lot of different things but it's pretty cool i think it's, and it's cool that you recognize it when you see it yeah and and so when i met stacy you know she had hair she was, she was that many years ahead of me with her long hair back, like, like it was. And I was like, oh, I love that. I love that there are all stages of us, like all, all of us in different stages of the disease, because it gives you hope, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, okay. And, and then you hear the, the tail end of someone else and someone else is just starting. And I'm able to tell them a bit of my story to help them see what, you know, the, the options of their future in, in the, the treatment plan. And, you know, and then of course, in that group, we've lost a few um, ladies, right? You yeah. know, there are a few there that were already metastatic. So they're stage four. Um, and then some of us, again, we're it's a group of, I don't know, 30 or 35. And it's scary to think of the statistics, but, you know, some, uh, some of the ladies have had uh, reoccurrence right and so it's just you start to 
you start to really feel that in this community that we're all really here for each other and um you know can understand uh the heart like how difficult it is yeah. so when we met we just instantly clicked because on this retreat she started talking about cannabis and i was like what 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 like i think <laughs> i think i said though i think i said something what did i say to her i might have used the word terpene i can't remember and and she, it's like her and I both looked at each other and we're like, oh yeah, we found, we found our friend for the weekend. <laughs> so, so we literally just have not stopped talking about cannabis and our cancer journeys and, um, wellness. And she's a dental hygienist who is also a certified cannabis educator. And she actually teaches dental hygienists in the college and dentists about cannabis, um, cannabis and oral health. And it's, it's a really, really important topic that um, our dentists really need to understand, okay. especially for those of us that are medical patients, right? Yeah. Um, and so we started this podcast, um, you know, to share our story, to share our stories with, you know, why, why is it okay that we can openly consume and admit to consuming cannabis and have a prescription for it because we have cancer like was that a check mark that allowed us to you know to to that's dive a pre, into that's a prereq medicine? that's a prereq for you to be not right, get which is much, messed not, up i get as much side eye <laughs> right it's the truth though it is the truth know. right you don't, don't get know. it you don't right so um, so then we, you know, we're both educators. We've started education together um, with another colleague. And we'd always had this dream of, of this podcast and, and telling, sharing our stories. And then we literally go through the Cannabis 101 basics for a newbie. And it's, it is an education um, podcast. And then we bring parts of our own stories into it. Like, you know, um, having... Uh, we share like, you know, our negative experiences where we've had, we've greened out or we share um, that we really enjoy a certain terpene. You know, I always have lemon haze on hand, for example, um, for uh, any nausea, right? Yeah. So I've always got a little bit of it on hand. Um, and when towards the end of my treatments, uh, I was having other infusions at the end of treatment for bone density. And those ones would treat my body very much like chemo. So I got that nausea. And the minute that I got a hold of a vape pen that had some CBD in it, it was a balanced vape pen. Um, you know, we would pull over you know, like, balancing, like ratio between THC and CBD. Yes, yep, exactly. Know. Like a balance. Yeah. Um, we would call that husband, ratio also folks. Yes. It's just for the folks that are learning that you can, if you see ratio, that means one to one THC to CBD. There you go. Thank you. Sorry, Stephanie. No, that's I'm good. That's of... good. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. So when I found that, you know, we would pull off on the side road and I'd have a few puffs before we got to the hospital and I could go in and have my treatment with less nausea. And, you know, as a patient advocate, I say, why isn't there a spot beside the chemo yeah. ward where we can step outside and use our vaporizers, right? Yeah. Um, to, to deal with the anxiety, to deal with the nausea, to deal with the pain, all of those things. So that um that you know that's how we met and that's how we we decided to do this podcast so we finished season one um and now we're moving on to creating a community group actually and this okay. is going to be a hybrid and an in-person in my little town um community group and we're on patreon um the green heart club 
women, weed, and wellness. So we're going to be, um, you know, women, a support weed, women and, wellness. Weed and wellness. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be a support group for women anywhere who um, are trying to find more wellness with um, using cannabis, with consuming cannabis as a real therapeutic tool. Um, and it'll include some education, um, you know, some of our own stories, maybe some little, I don't know, journaling things, or I we'll have fun with it. We'll, we'll definitely have fun. So you're still going to so, do, are you still going to publish podcast episodes then? Okay. So um, we're taking a little break. So we finished season for, one. Do yes. this in the interim, and then you go back to the episodes. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go into community group a little bit and and take the what we covered in the podcast, take it live to be able to have two hours where we can like do a little info, a little education, and then we can share for those who feel up to sharing. We can ask people can ask us questions, and we can also just do something fun like you know learn how to roll a joint or something like that. That's cool. Um, talk about what is a bong. You know, how does a bong work? Um, how does a vaporizer work? What is a vaporizer? All those things, right? Um, and, you know, it's although it sounds like I, I talk a lot about inhalation, um, we do, most people come to us uh, because they want to get started on CBD. What I see is as they get more comfortable with CBD, they're okay to add like a ratio or a balanced oil in the evening to help them okay. sleep, for example, right? So, yeah. so many people are nervous of that. I don't want to get high. And I know what you mean. I know what you mean because I just came out of the military and, and I was like, I'm not sure what to expect. And you don't want, you want to give yourself the best chance of, of it being effective, positively effective. Yes. And, and that's where, that's why I was looking at all that ratio stuff because the CBD stuff, I was like, yeah, let's try that first. And then, okay, CBD, it's like, all right, you know, some things that were improvements and then it's like, okay. Let's keep moving. <laughs> that's what I did too. Yes, that's what I did too. And again, it was lonely because I did it all alone. I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a neighbor who would like come over and show me how to roll a joint. Like I just didn't have people around me like that. Even my own, you know, kids and my husband, like I am, you know, I've educated them. They know, you know, my kids probably could do my education one-on-one talk, you know, <laughs> um, but, That's cool. but they still have stigma. Like they are still attached to stigma. They haven't felt the kind of um, relief, I guess, that I felt. Right. But they, they see it, they know that it exists and it's real um, that, that I get this kind of relief and that I can function and, and I'm taking less pharmaceuticals and all around just a, a, a very, you know, well-balanced person but they still have stigma because they all grew up the same way as me. So it's, it's interesting how our biases can still affect us, even when we have someone close to us who, you know, consumes uh, for medicine. Yeah. It is a funny right? thing, the stigma thing. And it's a funny thing. It's a funny yeah. thing. Powerful. It's just, it just shows you how powerful, um, you know, psychology is and, and, you know, cause we were, we were really told the wrong stuff. Yeah stuff like the wrong stuff for a hundred years um and and that's yeah that's huge right and we yeah. many of us believed it so that that's really interesting um but i wanted to ask you a question actually i'm going to take us totally off topic all right here. all right because i, I still know, got some more for you too so okay no, okay, right, okay. Go ahead. you go first i want to know i want to know where if you're if you're comfortable sharing again this is me like asking yeah, permission I appreciate um 
whether you want to share with us, like, what is your, um, what is your therapeutic uh, cannabis look like? How, what is helping you the most? What do you know for sure about the plant that you can lean on? You know what? I'm not running any clinical tests. <laughs> so it's all anecdotal. That's okay. Of course but, it is. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it, uh, it definitely, it definitely helps me slow down. Cause I mean, I was in the military for 20 years. Right. And it's like, you're doing, you're doing stuff. Yeah. That's like, yeah. like, so I did, um, Inter, I did contingency and operational planning and I did interagency planning and interagency operations. And then I also maritime search and rescue and all that stuff comes with like events. You have man-made events, you have a hurricane that comes in, you have all these things that pop in, but on the, on the, the schedule that you would have was my sleep was just horrible. I, I was yeah. getting calls all the time in the middle of the night for a long time. And uh, my sleep was just horrible. It was horrible. So Went to some healthcare professionals while I was still in the service. And, you know, a lot of the times it's like, if you have, if you have a quality of life issue, this is where, I, this is where I think the quality of life issue stuff is big because a lot of, a lot of, at least from, I should say, I should say it like this, cause I don't want to, I, I think doctors really do want to help, but I think sometimes they get burned out with the bureaucracy also. And it's sad to see some doctors just kind of say, all right, well then I'm going to, I'm going to just click along and click along. And instead of saying, I'm going to listen and I'm going to try to do a bit more. So after running it and I've, and both my parents have had health problems and I've seen how they've dealt with that too, and how they were treated while they're dealing with it too. So sleep was huge. So my sleep improved. I got down to Florida, got the medical marijuana card. It is good. It is it's good. It's good. The process was not convoluted. It was not, it was not unnecessarily bureaucratic, you know, and you just, you meet with somebody, they do the paperwork and they say, okay, here you go. Or they deny you depending on who, what the person is. Right. But the thing that, okay, I don't want to digress. So you asked the question. So I want to answer your question. Before I get to the other <laughs> so yeah, it's sleep is definitely a big one. Um, what I, what I did notice is that I was like, okay, I need to cut caffeine out. So hmm. changes, right? So it's like it changes, and I'm still changing right now. I'm still changing right now. So it's I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that I'm there yet or anywhere yet, right? Oh yeah, I hear you. But yeah, so sleep was a big one, and um, so going. So we were talking about this earlier. We weren't. This wasn't on the recording. We we're Stephanie and I were talking about. Um, she asked me what I was doing. And uh, my wife and I switched roles. I retired from the military and I'm now the primary caregiver for our three sons. And she has started a business and she's working full time on that. Like she's a workaholic. <laughs> she is a workaholic. So three boys, patience. Patience is a key because we were talking, we were, I mean, actually we were talking about this during the recording. It's like, yeah, you, you're talking about how, yeah, I'm a yoga teacher and, and, but you wouldn't may not notice it if you saw me at home. And I completely get that. And I think everybody's like that. Right. And that's what I was getting at is like with when I made that comment, it's like, you can get, you can, you, you need to find places of peace and joy along the way, because you can, you know, that there's going to be something that's going to try to take that stuff from you. 
peace yeah. and joy, right? Guaranteed. So that's why I was like, that that's that's the idea. So yeah, you know, patience with with raising my kids, being able to understand their perspective a lot more is big. And yeah. uh that that's a big one. Um because it's it's something that when you get busy with work and you get busy with life period and it kind of all of a sudden you're just a human doing instead of a human being you're there but you're you're not really there because you're thinking about all the other things at the same time so you plug in you give some good information but you don't necessarily plug all the way in to deliver it and maybe give it to your kid or your or your spouse or anybody really it could be anybody yep the way you really should and and I say really should, I don't mean that like a guilt trip. I mean, like when I think back, I'm like, oh man, I, I could have delivered that so much better. And I probably would have had a much better outcome. And yeah. probably, you know what I mean? It, maybe, maybe, maybe this would not have happened. And that's the kind of crap we do to ourselves all the time, right? We go back and second guess all this stuff. So, but across the board, for me, it's definitely helped with my patience and raising my kids. This just definitely helped me slow down and transition out of thinking as a service member instead of thinking as lieutenant commander miguel torres i'm not lieutenant commander miguel torres anymore and i think that's where uh many military people kind of have a hard time they 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 can't let go of the rank and the uniform and the stuff that's on their chest men and women both they get stuck a little bit maybe yeah They do. I think they do definitely. And I think that's probably the bigger issue than some of the even physical pains. Right. You know I mean? And I'm not, you know, I think for some people, because you can, that psychological block affects everything, physical pain. You can take something for that and be okay for a few hours or however long. Right. But that psychological block impacts everything you do. And that's where, um, I knew I was going to come into that. I knew I was going to come into that. I was getting ready for it, but I didn't, it was, it's definitely been a little bit weird transitioning out. It's been great though. Don't get me wrong. It's been great because it's, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm glad we're at this place in our life and I'm probably taking too long because this is about you, Stephanie. (laughs) No, but (laughs) I like that. I love that. I think that it, it's true though. It's true. What you're, what you, you know, you were taught, you were trained to always be on alert right and to and to be able to like manage a lot in your brain all at the same time constantly yeah. and that is where we get the help with cannabis that exactly is that that slowing down you know that almost that coming home and also staying in the present moment and that's where you're talking your patience yeah. and I, I hear this a lot i love that you're a Canada dad um but i do hear this with parents um who consume that they are, they are um, better parents when they are, con- you know, consuming their medicine. And I think that that's telling. And I think that we, if we have, if we have any, um, if we can do anything to, to, you know, ease the chaos of parenting, um, that helps the kids too, right? Um, when we can be present with them and calm, um, they regulate from us so the more that we are at home in ourselves the more they will feel at home with themselves and this is the beauty of um 
of medicine of the medicine right yeah i agree i agree it, it's effective it is effective Absolutely. <laughs> it's effective for yeah. sure so now here's the thing i, I don't I, I i don't want to leave it at just that because there's the things i'm kind of like i can't point to it specifically but knowing that this stuff affects the homeostasis of the body like it like you were saying earlier it's one of those things that I would say cannabis has, uh, if, if, and, and I don't think it's for everybody because I know some people that are allergic, like one of our friends, yep. she's, she's literally allergic. Yep. And, uh, but at the same time, it can be transformatively effective. And that's a pretty impressive thing. It's, I mean, you know, it, it's a pretty impressive thing. So as I'm walking this out day, week, month coming up on, coming up on the end of this year it's like you know it's like yeah we'll see i mean it's 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 got positive effects on me that's for sure that's for sure so i can't say all of them right now because i don't know but i do feel healthier i do feel better and uh i actually lost weight so <laughs> yeah that's well that's a thing that's a thing um for sure you know as as the body comes online and we nourish the ECS and we find that place of homeostasis or we work towards that place of homeostasis. Um, you know, all the other systems in the body come online too, right? And you'll find that um, some of the random things that people didn't think they would feel for, or, or uh, yeah, feel or have effect from, for example, their CBD, if they needed to de decrease anxiety, um, their blood pressure also starts to lower. They may not need as much of the blood pressure meds, right? So when I'm working with someone that's key, that's like, are you on blood pressure meds? Okay, this is what we're going to watch for. And you've got to be in touch with your doctor because, you know, over however many years you're going to, you know, consume the CBD, for example, you know, you may find your blood pressure may come down to normal you may not also. So there's no promises here, right? Yeah, but it's yeah, just, these are the interesting things that also start to happen. Like someone treats um, their sleep and then they realize that their anxiety is lowered during the day, right? That's, yes. And yeah. And, and the sleep is, sleep's a huge thing. I think a lot of people probably huge. have poor sleep and, yeah. and suffer the side effects. So suffer from the side effects of it. That's for sure. Yeah. That that's, that was one thing I knew was, that was what, that was, that's, that's, that's so much better. So much better. Yeah. <laughs> so it's neat. Right. And now you have a, a little place there. Cause you said, I can't tell you all of them. Cause I don't know all of them, all of the benefits you're having. And now, you know, maybe you can start thinking on those things. Right. You know, so you know what, while you were, while you were saying that, I was like, I mean, I could probably, cause here's the thing. I didn't have a baseline, a right. clinical baseline for starting. Right. So I didn't yeah. have that. Right. And, and that's yeah. the part where I'm kind of like, oh, I can't, I can't say, but I know what I was like and I know who I was, which is something that a doctor probably isn't going to understand. Right. A Absolutely. doctor can have a clinical baseline, but they don't spend time with you. And that's the funny that's thing right. about, that's the funny thing about the privilege of being a doctor is that like people will tell their doctors stuff. They wouldn't even tell their spouse. And, Often. and, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, wow. And that's somebody that they see for maybe five or 10 minutes. A couple times a what? year. Exactly. <laughs> right? It's a funny thing, right? It's just yeah. a funny thing. It's a strange way to think about it. It's kind of like, that's kind of strange. 
So I don't think all doctors are bad at all. Um, I can't remember what I was going and getting at though. I we I got sidetracked. <laughs> Look at us. We totally got sidetracked. Oh yeah, here we, we go. Do episode two. No, here we go. Here, <laughs> here is what it is. It's just slowing down and chilling out. Yeah. You know, I think that actually does a lot for everything <laughs> it does especially right now i mean you look at the society and the world we're living in in the western countries and it, it's getting really weird everything's really digital you have to protect and guard yourself and your and your digital assets and your physical assets and your intellectual assets more now than you ever have but that's also because the opportunity for you to do something with that has never been greater than now also so it's a weird mix we're living in and it's very fast and i think that sometimes just chilling out sitting back and that's why people go on vacation right people go on vacation because they want to relax and sit back and unwind now imagine you could do that yeah imagine you can do that with a with with whatever delivery mechanism vape edible combustible whatever and you can do that and you don't have to, your, your year doesn't consist of your year. You can still take that vacation, but you can be a lot happier yeah. while you're waiting to take that vacation instead of letting all this stuff build up. And everybody does things to relieve stress, but there's something to cannabis that goes deeper than just relieving stress. It is, it is a, it is, it, it's got a deeper thing to it. It's not just, I go to the workout, I go to the gym, work out and, yeah, I, 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 you know, I exhausted my physical ability and I'm done. I feel better. And that does make me feel good, but not the same way, right? They're different. And that's what's different and unique about cannabis. And that's, that's pretty cool about that. It so is. I don't know if I answered your question all the way, but I did get I back. It. I actually remembered, tied it back because believe it or not, Stephanie, I was, you know, as I do these episodes, it's like, I don't want to interrupt people all the time, but the, and then I would remember something and then i'm like oh shoot i was talking so much that now i actually forgot where i was going with (laughs) that's That's okay that's the beauty of conversation and it's fun too i dig it all right now i got these two questions for you steph okay we're gonna we're gonna we kind of we've been we've been uh alluding to it here and there but now we're gonna get into the other half of the conversation well we probably won't be in half because my time's a little bit limited but we're still gonna do it ready I know. Do yeah. you okay. do you believe that the universe and all life in it is the result of a series of accidents or is there an intelligent designer behind it? I think it might be both. Um, but I do really believe in this divine intervention and I think it's available to all of us, but we don't all catch it. I think we miss it a lot of the time because we're going so fast. I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I know you got a hard stop time too. So we're going to go on to the next question. Okay. Ready? Is this life a free ride? Meaning, do you believe in a life after this life? And if you do, is there any type of payment that may be due upon death? Um, no, I don't think there's any payment uh, to like, like that you, that is, is due upon death. Um, I think it's hard to ignore the cycles of life around us. There's always these cycles. And I don't know that this is the only cycle that exists, this life, right? 
Um, there may be more out there for us, um, but I don't think we're punished in this life. I don't think we're, um, you know, I think that we go through hardships. Um, we're not meant to stay in those hardships, you know, to be stuck in them. We're meant to keep moving forward, moving, not moving on and forgetting, but just continuing to, to do the work of, of living, you know, when I was diagnosed, my sister said to me, aging is a privilege and it's true, right? So there's a cycle in it all. Why wouldn't there be a cycle after death? I don't know. <laughs> I get what you're saying now. Okay. I get what you're saying. All right. So you sounds like you're kind of leaning towards yes. A little based, bit. Based on, based on some reason. There's more out there, you know, there could, there absolutely could be more out there. I, I think there's probably more out there. We may get there and go, Oh, that's what that was all about. Thank you very much, Stephanie has been, do you want to, do you want to uh, say, you want to mention anything you, you got going on in the, in the coming year or anything that yes. before, we, before we sign off here? Go ahead. Thank you so much yeah. for that. Yes. So you know, uh, spending a few, several years diving deeply into cannabis education, also being a patient and also, you know, the hours of, of yoga and meditation training and teaching and practicing I've done, I've decided to pull it all together um, and uh, help yoga and meditation teachers learn more about cannabis. You know, there is absolutely this spiritual connection that we can find with the plant. And it works very beautifully with yoga. Um, however, we also need to understand how it works in the body in regards to the endocannabinoid system, exercise, and how cannabis works, you know, or the endocannabinoid system, which is the master regulator of the nervous system and how you can use restorative yoga and cannabis to help bring you into that rest and digest and allow you to stay there and heal. Um, and so it's called um, Plants in Practice right and it's on. for yoga and meditation teachers. It's a cannabis education and integration. So each teacher will also get, you know, my guidance on their personal consumption of cannabis for, for therapeutic right? So I can guide the teacher. So they start to understand it in the body and yeah. how it might work with different practices within yoga. And um, yeah, and that's available in 2022. So I'm really excited about that. And that's, that's global. These are, these will be teachers from all around the world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because the world is in different stages, right? Of, of legalization. Yeah. And there's some medical, and again, there's so much medical benefit to cannabis and medical benefit to, um, you know, meditation, yoga, uh, it, it's very, very healing and they work beautifully together. And fun fact, um, cannabis as in the hemp plant cannabis was mentioned in the original texts. These were the first written texts on the whole planet. Um, they're written in Sanskrit and they are called the Vedas. And um, cannabis is alluded to in the Vedas. And so there is this actual um, connection between the plant and the practice. So is there a website that you can want to that? Sure. Yeah, what's the um, website? 
Thanks. So you just go to my website. It's www.steffiemassey. So S-T-E-P-H-I-E-M-A-S-S-E-Y.com. And it's all there. Right on. Right on. Thank you, Stephanie. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And our special guest is Stephanie Massey. Thank you very much, y'all. We love you.